my on my text tone when someone texts me on my phone is a bugling elk. <laughs> like literally. <laughs> and he opens it up and all of a sudden just like starts puking and he couldn't do it. And this is my first experience actually hunting or being in the bush or whatever. And like there, there's my boyfriend puking. There was a while there, like about a year straight, where I was probably averaging up to 200 death threats a day. And it was like, it was insane. When they came to me about doing the documentary, they said that they know that we get a lot of attack from anti-hunters and we get a lot of hate and whatever. But then in the end, when they edited it and they made the documentary, it was a whole other thing. Everyone knows me as the inked huntress. But what a lot of people don't know is that I'm actually an even better fisherman than I am a hunter. I'm out there and I've been out there for maybe an hour just trolling around, trolling around, and all of a sudden, just bam, like this rod start screaming, peeling line, like way off the back. And I'm like, this is a big fish. Do your research and you know, get and just get outside. Just get outside and go. Because once you do, it's all gravy from there. This is JC and Jadresco, and you're listening to Living Country in the City. Y'all ready for your dose of flyover state spirit? Straight from the concrete jungle? Well, put down your latte and pull on your boots. It's time for Living Country in the City. Hey y'all, welcome to episode 60 of Living Country in the City. Got another episode coming at y'all from the Western Hunting and Conservation Expo out in Salt Lake City a while back. While I was out there, I got a chance to run into the one and only Jason Jadresco. Now y'all may be familiar with her from the documentary The Women Who Kill Lions, which you can check out on Netflix. Now Jason is quite a character and she has some awesome stories to share with y'all, so let's get into episode 60. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. All right, here we are at the, the Western Hunting and Conservation Expo in Salt Lake City, Utah. We're here for another episode of Living Country in the City. So, I am sitting here, and I'm, I've tried to say your name. Yes, it's and a I really know how, hard one. I know how to say it, but my mouth will not. It's a, <laughs> it your name is a tongue it's, twister. It's a, it really is. So, it's Jason, and everyone's calling me like Justine or Jason or so I know, Jay, just Jay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make an attempt to say the whole name here, oh, and I'm going to go for it the first time. Jason Jadresco. You nailed it. Boom. And that nailed is the it. first time I've gotten it wow. first try this good. entire weekend. So there that we go. Okay. Really good. I'm good. Okay. Uh, we can finish the podcast here. And nice talking. <laughs> That's it. It's over. Great. <laughs> Got that right. We're good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, you know, we're hanging out here at the expo. Um, as I'm sure you can tell by both of our voices, it's been... It's been a rough week. <laughs> <laughs> beer may or may not, and alcohol may or may not have been involved in a couple of evenings, but... Uh, yeah, copious amounts <laughs> may or may not have been... That's it. I think I might have to go for some, like, dialysis when I get home. <laughs> oh, man. I'm just... I've been chugging water, and I'm... And so I'm a... 
I'm straight out of Los Angeles. Yeah. I am at about 100 feet elevation. Yeah. So I come up here. I don't have to drink anything, and I wake up feeling like I'm hungover. <laughs> I, have, I have about two beers, and I feel like I've been shooting whiskey the entire really? time. Really? I've never noticed that before, the elevation, the change in elevation. I mean, I was worried about when I went on a hunt in um, Colorado and Idaho because we were up at 13,000 feet, and I was li- living right at sea, like living on the sea, literally. And... Um, so I was, like, training with one of those altitude masks before, ahead of time, thinking, like, you know, trying to get whatever because I didn't want to get altitude sickness. But I never had any problem. I've, I haven't noticed it yet. I'm waiting for the time I end up on top of a mountain somewhere, and I'm sicker than a dog. So we'll I've see. noticed it a couple of times. Like, generally, it's not too bad. But I noticed it at really weird times. Mm-hmm. Like, I was, uh, I was here for the Total Archery Challenge. Yeah. And I was... Most of the time, I'm hiking the hills. I'm doing fine. But then I, like, randomly notice it when I'm, like, walking up the stairs into the building or something. I'm, like, <laughs> suddenly feeling short of breath. It's, like, super random time. I yeah. was probably not the altitude. <laughs> walking up the stairs, I felt out of breath. <laughs> <sighs> no, but it's, uh, it's the dehydration is what gets me. But yeah, I don't, I'm feeling dehydrated. So, uh, why don't you, I would like to start with maybe just a little bit about yourself. You know, we talked about it uh, a little bit earlier, but yep. how you got your start in hunting, yeah. what, uh, what prompted um, it, what uh, inspired it? So I kind of grew up around hunting. I mean, my, my brother and my dad hunt and my grandpa and like all the guys in the family hunt. And, uh, but I never got into it. Like, I think I wanted to go, but it was like, it's the guy's thing. It's the boy's thing. It's what the boys go do. So that they never brought me and I was, I never came along. And then, um, I was dating this guy and he became like best friends with my brother and stuff. And then, so he wanted to go hunting with them and he didn't know how to hunt. So me and him went and we did our, um, our hunting licenses and the core course and stuff together. And then actually I went out with him, uh, for his first hunt and he shot a deer. And I remember when he went to, to gut it and he was a professional fisherman. So he like cuts fish all the time and whatever. And it's no big deal. So I thought he would have this like no problem. (laughs) And he opens it up and all of a sudden just like starts puking and he couldn't do it. And so, and this is my first experience actually hunting or being in the bush or whatever. And like, there's my boyfriend puking because he can't gut this animal himself. And I'm like, well, we got to get it home. So I roll my sleeves up and I just dig in. I had no idea what I was doing. I had never watched a YouTube video, like nothing. I just knew that everything inside has to get outside. <laughs> so I just start like ripping everything out and hacking away with this like little blade. And I'm like, I've got blood all the way up to my elbows and it was a mess, but I did it and I got everything in out <laughs> and we got the deer back and, um, and then my dad, you know, helped us, uh, skin it and hang it and all that stuff. And that was it after that day. Like all I have done is hunt. Like, I live and breathe and dream and think hunting 24 seven since that day. I was just hooked. I was like, this is, this is, this is for me. <laughs> And I didn't even, you know, I, it wasn't even my deer, right? And I didn't even, you know, take the shot on the deer, but just that whole process of gutting it and skinning it. And like that, it was just so primal to like, go get my own meat. It was just so, yeah, primal and like natural that that's it. I've just been obsessed ever since. <laughs> I mean, it's just that it's that connection. It, it turns into an mm-hmm. absolute obsession. It is. Um, it totally is. You know, there's a hunter in every human being on this planet, you know, where they're all related to one, some to wear down the line, right? Like we had to do it for survival. So it's, it's just, you know, it's so natural. Well, it's yeah. like everyone alive today is alive 
at least however far back you go because of a hunter. Because for of a hunter, yeah, hundred percent. Reason or yeah. another. So it's in all it's in all our blood. I think some of us just have the drive a bit stronger than others. That's why I think the PETA people are so angry. Is they just can't rec- reconcile what they want to believe with uh, what their their core being tells them. I get yeah. I I get so much flack from them. I mean they're. There is, especially once, like, you know, every time I go on a hunt, then it blows back up again. But there was a while there, like about a year straight, where I was probably averaging up to 200 death threats a day on social media. And it was, like, it was insane. And it's, like, you know, started to die off now. I don't know if it's because, um, well, probably mostly because I've been just blocking everyone and (laughs) deleting any negative comments. I just don't even bother anymore, you know? I'm just like, okay, you're gone, you're gone, you're gone, you're gone. But... Yeah, they don't get it. They don't understand. Um, but yeah, so I that was yeah that was the first hunt, and it, I mean first experience, anyways. And then I went out about a week later, um, and I was hunting black bear. So that was my first hunt that my life was black bear uh, for my own tag, and it was just yeah it just took off from there. Um, I was living in BC at the time, uh, and then I moved to Croatia. And I actually just moved back to BC from Croatia now uh, <laughs> last year. So I'm just going to be moving all over the place. And then uh, living in Croatia was super awesome because then I was living in Europe. And I could, like, hunt all these different countries all over Europe. And, in, you know, I could drive there or fly there in a shorter time than it would take to fly across Canada anyways. Um, so then I started doing the international thing. And I was just, like, getting all these, like, super cool animals in all these different countries. And, you know, and then ended up down in Africa and... Um, yeah, it just kind of like took off and then came over here to the States and did a bunch of hunts <laughs> over here. And I just can't get enough. It's just like, it's just all I want to do all the time. Like, so now I'm about to ask you the impossible question. And mm. uh, I, guess, I guess it's a two-parter here. So it, so there has to be at least a, a, and they don't have to be the same one, but a hunt that really sticks out. But maybe like a favorite, not necessarily a favorite, but one that really sticks out as an mm-hmm. amazing hunt. Or, and then maybe like a favorite animal. And they may not be the same. The, you know, you may have had an incredible experience with a hunt, but... But what would you say? Maybe start with the animal. Like, what? What's the maybe your favorite thing that you've ever harvested? That I've harvested. Because um, you have quite the variety to I pick from. I do have quite the variety to pick from. Uh, oh, that's a tough one. My Basidae ibex in Spain. Um, the animals are just gorgeous animals, but it's the terrain they live in and that mountain hunt. I love mountain hunting, so like. Yeah, getting to, to go and up, and then you're in Spain, and you're in the Spanish mountains, and you're hiking around like a goat after these goats. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was, I think, for an animal, for a species, I think, that, that and, and elk, hands down. I mean, elk hunting for me is number one. Um, that's what that's what got me hooked. Yeah. Like I mean, I I, I started kind of getting into hunting, and I was like, you know, I sat in a tree stand with, mm-hmm. with my ex, you know, ex's mm-hmm. family, and, and a few things, but... Uh, the second I learned about elk. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'd heard oh, no. of them. It's like an obsession now. I, I actually, my, on my text tone, when someone texts me on my phone, is a bugling elk. <laughs> <laughs> like, literally. <laughs> oh, that's too good. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, they're, I mean, I've said it before on the podcast, like, they're these, they're like a mythical creature. Yeah. They, you know, they make this Ugh, ab- they're obscene, crazy noise, and they're, they're enormous, and... They're yeah, just, there's just so much about them that's so amazing and awesome. I know it's funny because, like, everyone always thinks when they ask me that question, my answer is going to be my African lion. You know what I mean? That's what, like, everyone always assumes. And just because that is a big, dangerous animal doesn't mean that, you know, that because everyone has that appeal to it. It doesn't mean that when you're actually a hunter that that means that's the most important animal. 
Um, so yeah, elk for sure is my favorite animal to hunt in the world. And then if I could pick like that one species, you know, from international or whatever, I'd say the ibex. And then my favorite hunt, hands down, without a doubt, was my hunt that I did in Colorado. I actually came, I came down and hunted Colorado and Idaho uh, with Matt Howell, who you, you've yep. spoken with. Um, best hunt, I best time of my life. Like we just had so much fun. I didn't even tag out. I didn't even cut a tag, and it is the best hunt of my life. We hunted so hard. We covered so much ground every day. Like packed in, you know, set up. Like, we and. And just had such a great time. Um, you know, we got into elk even. Like, you know, I, I was living in Europe, and I put in for a tag in Colorado, and I got a tag. So I flew all the way from <laughs> Croatia to Colorado to hunt elk. And that was my first elk hunt. And uh, it's just I've been obsessed ever since. But the hunt, yeah, it was awesome. And then we went over to Idaho. And we were in the Idaho Invasion, which is kind of like a hunting competition. And that was super cool because I'd never, like, you know, done something like that that where I'm with a whole bunch of hunters. I've never been in, like, a hunting camp with a bunch of hunters or whatever. It's always just, you know, I'm always hunting, like, by myself or just if I'm in another country, it's me and a guide. Um, And so, I mean, yeah, there's all kinds of guys. A bunch of them are here. I've seen them here at the expo and stuff. And uh, it was, like we ended up being like one big family, you know, and it was supposed to be a competition. So like, you know, we're all trying to like find the biggest buck, but in the end, like we're all like, you know, helping each other out and teaming up. And like, you know, I think I saw something over there, like go check out that area and I'm going to go here. And we all ended up working together and (laughs) making it like one big group hunt almost. And, that, that whole that whole experience was just super super. You guys cool. aren't understanding the competition aspect of this. No, Come on. we weren't at all. <laughs> we totally like kiboshed the competition and all just became like one big like group hunt. You know, oh, funny. And, but yeah, that um, yeah, there's bar none. Bet that's my hands down best hunt I've ever I've ever done. And I didn't even cut a tag. And I've hunted all over the world. And, and that's I've, you know that's you know, how it should be. That should not be the definition of yeah. whether or not it's a good hunt no. an amazing hunt the experience the experience yeah and like just some of the mountains and the terrain we gone into and and how hard we hunted like we pushed it really really hard like we're i don't know how many miles we're covering each day like 20 something miles or whatever it was like insane and it was just you know elevations and get all the way up to the top of to, you know top of this summit and then okay now we gotta go down and go over the top of that mountain and then we'll go down and go to the top of that mountain and it was just like it was and it was just a great time you know Matt, matt's a great guy to hunt with um you know we're, we're super good friends so yeah for sure, the best oh, that's one. awesome. So you know, you mentioned uh, you mentioned your African lion. Yes, and that's uh, there's some a little bit more surrounding that. Yeah, there was a uh, controversy. Was it? I, no, I, I can't remember. Is it just? Was it just a Netflix only movie? No, it or? wasn't done for Netflix. I actually did that as a documentary for okay. BBC in the okay, UK. Okay, that's right, that's right. And then I guess Netflix picked it up from them, and they've put it on Netflix now. So yeah, that's the documentaries that the women who kill lions. And yeah, same thing when that aired, of course, like the backlash and the whatever. And it was like bad when it aired, you know, in the UK and then Netflix picked it up and then it went (laughs) all over again. It was like a year later and all of a sudden, you know, I'm getting all these like people like, you know, sending me messages and like, hey, I'm watching you on Netflix right now. I'm like, you are? You are? Like, what? What do you mean? So did you not even know that Netflix had picked it up? I had no idea. And then like, you know, in in a matter of like a week, I think I had like 300 people like, you know, text me or Instagram me or Facebook me like pictures of like their tv with me on the netflix like i'm watching you on netflix i'm like yeah okay. now i'm aware i'm aware now but yeah i didn't know that it was going on there no so maybe uh just maybe the the little summary of kind of 
the documentary, what it was about. It was you and another another. Yeah, woman. me and uh, Rebecca Francis. Um, she had hunted mountain lion. Um, and they were just, I mean, they just kind of wanted to, when they came to me about doing the documentary, they said that they know that we get a lot of a- attack from anti-hunters and we get a lot of hate and whatever. And they just wanted to put like an actual like face to the person that's, you know, that's doing this and to show, you know, a bit more behind it. And, um, and that's the reason why I agreed to do it. Right. Because then I, you know, talked tons about conservation and, um, you know, just why I hunt and my passion for it and whatever. But then in the end, when they edited it and they made the documentary, it was a whole other thing, which, you know, I should have seen coming. Um, but it's not that bad. It's not that bad. They do try to paint me and they do build this profile of me on there. That is not me at all. Like (laughs) so not, (laughs) um, but generally, yeah, they just they followed me out. They came out to Croatia. Um, I took them out on a hunt. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> we went out on... The, I took the, these guys out on this hunt. And they're not, like, outdoorsmen. They're like, they make, do, you know, documentaries. Like, the, the guy that did it, he actually it does that show, Drugs, Inc. Okay. Where he flies yeah. and, like, interviews these, like, massive drug dealers and stuff all over the world. So, like, that's what they're used to filming. So, and they, I brought them out on a hunt. And we're going up and down the mountains or whatever. And they're, like, dying and trying to keep up. I ended up... Um, you know, getting into some to some animals, and I was lining up to take the shot, and I was waiting to pull the trigger. But there was, you know, I'm, it was, I was hunting sheep, and there was another sheep behind the one that I wanted to shoot, so I had to wait, right? Because you don't want to, you don't want to kill two sheep. Yeah. Uh, so I was waiting for the other one to step out, and then the, the camera guy like goes to move, and then like falls and kicks a rock over, and they all take off, and I'm just like. I've wanted it. Oh, I'm pretty sure I went off on a, on a lot of swear words in Croatian. Luckily, they didn't, <laughs> he didn't understand me. <laughs> um, yeah, I was oh, really mad. No. I actually said to them, do not put that in. The, like, I'm not giving you permission to put that <laughs> in the film because I was not a happy camper. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I can, yeah. oh, I can only imagine. Yeah. And especially, like, it, for me, you know, I'm, I'm still new to this and I'm still working on my my first few hunts and if, if some oh my gosh if somebody ever right and I was like I was right there like they're in the sights I was lined up I was just waiting you know like and you're in that moment when you've got the sights and your sights are on your animal and you're in that moment it's such like a intense moment and you're just waiting to pull the trigger and then like ugh yeah, I see. I still get worked up when I think about it. Oh, my gosh. That's, you, just, you just put one or two in the leg of the camera guy. <laughs> right? You know, leave, leave him up there. Yeah. Uh, I, that's let's a let joke. The coyotes, let, let no the emails, please. Them. That was a joke. <laughs> um, so uh, <laughs> so there was a lot, of, a lot of backlash from that. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, there was for sure. Uh, and that, that was the kind of reason why they, want, they wanted to make the documentary in the end, too. They... Uh, it was because of all the hate and all the comments and whatever. At one point, they even said to me, because like, they wanted to film it, they're like, hey, can you, like, post another picture of your lion before and then, like, let us, like, watch all the, the pop-ups come up, you know what I mean, to, like, see how much hate I'm getting? And I was like, uh, no, I'm not going to, like, purposely go poke the bear, you know? That's, like, a, that's a little sadistic right, right? there. <laughs> right? I'm like... Like, let's see how many people can hate on you in five minutes, like, yeah. post a picture of your lion. <laughs> I was like, uh... <laughs> I don't know. That'd be an in, that, that would be an interesting uh, competition. You get a you get a bunch of very high profile hunters and yeah, and, see who uh, gets have, more hate. <laughs> have everyone post up their their yeah. most uh, quote unquote offensive yes. uh, yeah offensive That's picture. That's a good word for see. it. Most offensive. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh and then I moved back to BC, 
And they actually flew out again to BC to, like, you know, film with me some more and wrap up what I was doing out there. Um, and, yeah, it's just, it's basically, yeah, it just kind of, like, follows me around a little bit about my life, a little bit, you know. But they didn't, they didn't use any... I think that I real that I talked about is what I mean. Like mm. anything that I really talked about, about like my passion for hunting, my love for hunting, they actually kind of almost like tried to peg me out to just be like this trophy hunter. That's just doing it for heads on my wall. Yeah. That's kind of like the image they tried to build me up. And I, that is like so far off from the truth, you know? Um, but it is what it is, whatever. That's <laughs> a tough situation. It almost, it almost kind of makes you want to want to be like, okay, I want the, I want I want all of the raw footage so I can release yeah I can right? release it as well kind I know. of thing like that would I don't know I've had some buddies that have done you know out in California mm-hmm. I've had some buddies that have done uh, interviews with the news and things like that and they've yeah. come up and they want to talk about AR-15s yeah. or whatever this or that or the other and guns and and it it always turns out the same way yeah you know, they're always like it well, always does maybe. I know and I even had the news like they contacted me. Not even that long ago, they sent me an email asking to interview me for something. There was I, th- I don't know if it was about them banning the bear hunt or private grizzly or no or someone. Um, no, there, it was something else. Oh, someone um, illegally harvested a deer like in city limits, like in their backyard oh. or whatever. I think they wanted me to comment on that, and also on the Steve Eklund and his cougar in Alberta. Oh um, yeah, they commented they that they. The news contacted me wanting me to do an interview about that. And I just stay away from all that now because I know how the news is. And they're going to cut and use only what, you know, they want to give the image that they want to, you know, mm-hmm. mold things to come out. And, you know, oh, and it's always in a negative way for against hunters. So I just stay away from that stuff now. I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah. No, find someone else to interview. <laughs> so what would you say to, say, a, you know, someone new coming into the industry, a, a new hunter, you know, someone that just wants to get out there and is is a little bit nervous about this? Uh, you know, they're like, oh, I don't, I don't know if I want to get into this. I'm a little afraid of the backlash of the that backlash? might come of it. Oh, gosh. Let's take it with a grain of salt. I don't even... At first, when it first started happening, I think I used to like yeah, fight, like argue back with people and whatever. And then I realized like I was I'd wake up in the morning at like five because I'm an early riser, and at like ten I was still laying in my bed because I've been sitting here arguing back and forth on social media with people. And I just realized that it was like, first of all, like a futile effort and pointless. And it just and then in the end, I just stopped caring. Like now, I don't even like read them when the comments come up. I don't even look. I don't even like look in the inbox of like the filtered messages. Like I just I just don't care. I, you, you know, people can only say so many things to you so many times until it loses its effect. You know, mm-hmm. they could only tell me they're going to like me. They, they, they literally say that they're going to like, you know, skin my son alive and hang him from a tree and make him watch while they gut and skin me and then drown him in my blood. I'm like crazy stuff. And, um, you know, but even, very creative writing at times. Yeah, I but even all that stuff, honestly, yeah. like after you've heard, heard it so many times, they're just like, oh, there's another anti hunter. There's and, and, and I'm the sicko. <laughs> yeah. You know. Um, so, yeah, I would just say, this, you know, just who cares? Like, do you care what Joe Blow from whatever state that you've never met in your whole life is commenting on a picture of yours? Like, does that really affect your life? Is it really, does it really matter what they think of you? And it doesn't at the end of the day. You know, these people don't know me. None of them have ever met me in person. I'll probably never see any of them as long as I live. So who cares what they think of me, you know? And that's what I would tell any hunter getting into it, to just go with that attitude, and then it'll never bother you. Like, water off a duck's back, you know? Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. 
At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. All right, so, and it's not just you, just hunting that, no. uh, that you're obsessed with, right? Yeah, so that's actually uh, a funny thing because everyone knows me as the inked huntress and this hunter and hunter and hunter. And I, am, I know that I'm a phenomenal hunter. Like, I do know this. Um, but what a lot of people don't know is that I'm actually an even better fisherman than I am a hunter. Okay. Um, I mean, I grew up on the West Coast, BC, right, on Vancouver Island. So salmon and halibut fishing is just like part of life. And uh, I have a house down in Cabo, and I have a boat down there, so I go down there lots to fish, like, marlin and tuna and dorado and stuff like that. And it's just, like, yeah, it's the same thing as hunting for me. When I'm out on the water, and I'm just, like, I'm just so in my element and just in my zone, and it's just, like, where I'm supposed to be. It's, it's the same, exact same passion. Yeah, that I have with hunting. Um, and I kill it. Like, I slay it. <laughs> I got to say, I honestly, like, I, I slay the waters. I don't know anyone that, like, pulls out, like, fish like I do. I'll admit, I am a, a absolutely horrendous fish. I, however bad I am of a hunter, I'm probably worse of a fisherman. <laughs> I can, I, I, you know, I grew up, I actually, that's one thing I did grow up doing. I grew up fishing, but it, yeah. it was very one, it was literally not even one specific type of fishing, but one specific place. Yeah. I just grew up every year. We'd go to go to this lake out in, um, out in Kings Canyon, Sequoia National Forest area, and we'd hunt in. It was lake fishing. I, I, yeah. that, I grew up, I knew exactly how to set up my rod, yeah. and, and that was the whole thing, and and now, you know, I'm traveling around and I'm hunting yeah. these places and I realize I'm like, I have no clue <laughs> what I'm doing. When it comes to the ocean, that's even yeah. a whole different See, that's, bag. That's my vibe yep. is the ocean. I'm not as good. Like, I haven't even done a whole lot of lake hunting because, you know, I'm always on the ocean. I do bring a trout rod if I'm out, you know, hunting and I'll pull out some trout and cook them over the fire or whatever, yeah. you know. But, um, yeah, deep sea fishing, ocean fishing, that is <laughs> that is my thing. That is my bread and butter. I actually, like, so um, it's like my, my family's house down there. And we've had a place down there for 15 years and had a boat for 15 years. And we all go down there. I go four times a year or more. You know, every few months I fly down just to go fishing. And all my friends are like, oh, yeah, we'll come to Cabo with you. And I'm like, okay, but you know I'm going to fish. Like, every day right we're not and like sitting on the beach here there it's not like yeah it's like I'm, I'm going fishing every single day and they're like oh yeah no like we get it and then they come down and like literally i'll be there for 12 days and i'll go fishing 12 days <laughs> and they're like uh can we do something else and i'm like you don't have to come like you don't have to come on the boat you can go do whatever you want they want to go to the bar they want to do the mexico thing right but yeah it's, it's a second home for me so like i go to fish and so my mom had the biggest tuna that anyone had caught in our family for the longest time. And it's been mounted up in, a, in, a, in our hunting house, actually, that we have back home. Um, and it was a giant. And last year I went down and I, ma- I ended up catching uh, a bigger tuna than hers, which is like now I hold the ranking of like, you know, biggest fish or whatever. And then a few months later, I went back <laughs> again and not only did I catch the biggest marlin anyone in my family has caught, I shattered that record by, like, well, three times bigger. Three times, Jeez. just, like, three times bigger than what anyone had caught in my family and on the boat down there. Um, yeah, that marlin is massive. Like, he is huge. He's, like, 13 feet long or something. I don't even know. I, I The amount actually just got caught to the house before I 
left to come here. It's not even open the box yet. This is massive box sitting in my front yard right now. <laughs> it's huge. Um, it so, yeah, now this was the story, Matt wanted mm-hmm. me to make sure to ask you oh, about because I hear it's gee, quite it the uh, quite the adventure getting that marlin in. Oh my gosh, you don't even know. Um, oh, I actually remember I was talking about that last night. Now you're, it just came you're to remembering me. it now. It just came to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just came to me because uh, we talked about like fighting it to the death. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So blue is a blue marlin, first of all. So and blue marlin when they hit. They hit hard. Like, they take off. And so we're just, you know, trolling around. I'd actually gone fishing every day. I'd hooked. I've never caught a blue marlin in my life before. There are plenty of striped marlin. Tons of striped marlin, but I never caught a blue. And I've been down there. I went fishing four times, and all four days I hooked blue marlin but couldn't get him into the boat. Uh. And so then it was the last day. I had a flight booked home for, like, I had to be at the airport at, like, 12 or something. So I was like, well, I'll just go for a couple hours in the morning and get a couple Dorado or whatever, mahi-mahi. Um, so just some more fish to bring home. So I was like, I'm not going to go for Marlin today. I don't, I don't have a lot of time. I just, but I still want to go fishing. Like though it's last day I'm flying out that day. I still get up and go fish and then like go to the airport <laughs> and fly home. Like that's how much I love to fish. Um, so I'm out there and I went by myself. I had a friend that was down in Mexico with me, but they were just like, no, I'm not going again. I'm not into the fishing thing like you are. So I went by myself. I do have a captain um, down there that works for me that is, um, he just drives the boat. So I'm, but I'm fishing and running all the gear and doing everything off the back. He's just, you know, up top driving. And I'm out there and I've been out there for maybe an hour, just trolling around, trolling around. And all of a sudden, just bam, like this <laughs> rod starts screaming, peeling line, like way off the back. And I'm like, this is a big fish and uh and i look and this thing just like jumps right out of the water and it's massive and it jumps like almost like right over the boat and just takes off just jumping away and it's like taking off into the distance and i'm like oh my god and all of a sudden like my captain's screaming at me from the top of the boat he's like get get to the front of the boat get to the front of the boat we have to chase it we have to chase it because like otherwise you'll run out of line because these things are so powerful and they go so fast so I grab the rod. I just have this like little um, belt thing like around my waist that I that I put it on, and then like a um, like a vest, and I st- hook the vest onto the the rod and the reel. So I'm now attached to the <laughs> rod and the reel. So if this thing like pulls or whatever pulls me overboard, like I'm drowning to death and dying because this massive fish is going at like the speed of sound <laughs> and dragging me underwater, kind of thing. So I was like trying real hard to not fall in. And then as my captain puts the boat in like full throttle to chase this fish, and we still it was still gaining ground on us, and Jeez. we're full throttle. I'm like I'm holding onto the rod. I'm trying to get up to the front of the boat. I'm like trying to get around the side of the boat, but yeah. they're falling off. The boat's up and down, slam full throttle, like chasing after this thing. I'm like holding onto the bars. I'm like trying not to fall in, thinking I'm gonna die because of this fish. Oh man! And that was that was just the, that was just the fish hitting the line <laughs> that was the beginning <laughs> so i finally get up to the front of the boat whatever for chasing it chasing it finally slows down and then you start the battle right and this thing is massive and like i'm not a very i'm only five foot three right so i'm not a very big girl and i've got like all this weight on my arms like this fish was like well over 600 pounds and i'm fighting it and it's pulling it was just it was it was a super battle so after you know i, I don't know how much time um you know we started thinking like we're not going to be able to get this thing in the boat. Like my captain's actually looking at me and he's like, you know, he's like, Oh, fish is too big. Senora. Like you have to cut the line too big. We can't do it. We need help. But I'm like, 
She cut the line. Are you kidding me? And I'm like, either this fish dies today or I'm going to die, but one of us is going to die. And I was like, I'm not letting this thing get away. I was like, this is massive. This is a once in a lifetime fish for me. I was like, not happening. No way. This is like three hours in. And then he's like, well, we'll pump and reel, pump and reel. And I'm like, I am pumping and reel. And we're screaming back and forth at each other. We're yelling at each other. And then at one point, the fish, you know, was it was like probably like 20 feet off the back of the boat. But I literally could not get it even like two inches closer. I spent one hour with that fish in that spot. And I could not because I would pull up. And, you know, the dr- drag was tightened all the way up. And it would still just take the line out because it was so heavy. Jeez. It was so heavy that it would just pull the line out when I tried to pull up on the fish. And so that's why when he was saying the fish is too big, it's too heavy, we can't get it in. It's because, like, literally, like, you can't pull the line because, you know, it yeah. just takes it out. Um, and then I actually put a, I put a post on Facebook, and I was like, hey, I've got this fish, and it's, like, this big, and I've been sitting here for, like, this long, and I have no idea how to get it in. Like, anyone have some, like tips or something this right? is this is the best you have the biggest fish of your <laughs> life yes. on, on the end of the line and i'm kicking, battling it and, and i'm got on one Facebook. hand yeah i'm like i need help somebody <laughs> like somebody help and then strangely enough so my phone starts ringing and i have no idea who this is a facebook call and i answer it and it's this guy from alberta that owns all these fishing charters in Cabo. And he's like, that, you know, I know him through, you know, social media and stuff. And he's like, oh, yeah. And he's like, no, I'm sending, I'm, like, I'm going to send my boat out to you with my whole crew, with all the guys. Give me your coordinates. He's like, we've got the full chair that we can, like, buckle you into and help you out. And I'm sending a videographer um, to come film it and everything. Like, we're, we got your back. Don't worry about it. Like, I'm going to save you. And I'm like, oh, well, thank God. And then, so, but then the, the fish ends up moving and going for another run again. And so I chase it again and put the bo- boat full throttle again and catch up to it and then slow down. That about happened maybe three or four times. And I'm battling this thing. And now I'm like four hours into fighting this fish. My <laughs> arms are like dead. And the water's just starting to get so rough. Like these waves, I'm sitting on the back of the boat, I'm battling this fish. And the waves are just coming right up over my whole head. And I'm getting oh, all the salt geez. in my eyes. And like it was, a, it was nice because I was so hot. Like it's Mexico. And you're like working out the hardest workout of your life for hours and hours and hours. I'm like sweating. I'm hot. It's like this like cold water felt good. But then the burning eyes and the salt in the mouth. And it's just coming wave after wave after wave. And we're looking off on the horizon. And we're looking in the distance. We're like, where's this boat that's coming to help us? Like, like what's going on here? It should have been here like half an hour ago. So I look on my phone. And, and he tells me, he's like, oh, sorry. Like, I sent the boat out. But the, um, the Navy or... Uh, Coast Guard stopped the us and sent us back and said no boats are allowed to leave the harbor because a huge storm's coming in. Oh jeez! And I'm like literally in the middle. They can't even see land anywhere around me. And now there's this massive storm coming in, and they like grounded all boats to not leave the docks. I'm like, are you kidding me right now? And now I'm really starting to get scared because it's even getting it's starting to get dark, and I'm just like, you know. Like, I don't want to be stuck out here in the middle of a storm for this fish. And even I'm starting to think, maybe, like, should I cut the line? And I'm like, no. <laughs> what am I thinking? Oh, yeah. So, on top of that, I was supposed to fly home that day, remember? Yeah, of so, course. I totally missed my, my flight home. I was like, whatever. I was about to book a new flight the next day. Like, I'm not getting on the plane. I don't care. Like, this fish is getting in the boat. Um, yeah. So, there were so many things that happened in that five and a half hours. So, okay. So almost falling off the boat, chasing it. Boat's coming out to help us. They get stopped. They get whatever. And I'm like... Finally, I get the boat, I get the fish, like, you know, close to the side of the boat. And my captain goes over to try to gaff it. And I'm like, oh, finally, like, this is it. This is, like, this is the end of it. I'm, like, so tired. And what does it do? The fish just 
takes off again and starts spool, spooling, taking line, taking line, taking line, taking line, and going right down to the braided line at the bottom of the reel. And we're like, get, we, we had three times we had to actually get another rod and get it ready to tie onto this rod to like throw the rod in after the fish because it took so much line because no. it goes so far. But now is I've been like, like th- is that like a thing? Like yeah. I know nothing about deep sea fishing, but is that like it a was normal that day. thing? <laughs> <laughs> like, it was that. that day. Um, and it go takes off again, and I'm just like, I don't have, I don't have the strength in me after like five hours of doing this to do this again like all that line go on again and do it bring it all the way back in again i was like oh my god and i was like but i'm not cutting the line my captain again seeing her too big we need help we can't do it it's too big for us like cut the line and i'm just like i'm swearing at him i'm not cutting that line like not a chance in hell i get the fish close to the boat again after that last long one it took i'm now it's been yeah hours and hours the whole thing ended up being five and a half hours beginning to end and um it's getting close to the boat it's getting close to the boat and then it just stops for a bit and did that stop sitting thing again where i can't get it to come any closer and i'm just like you've got to be kidding me and then all of a sudden it just goes down it's taking line taking line taking line and i'm just like oh my god i'm gonna kill somebody and my (laughs) captain looks at me and he goes no it's going down like it's not going oh it's going straight down he goes it's going down to the bottom of the ocean to die and I was like, please tell me that's what it's doing because I cannot do this anymore. And I was like, I said one of us is going to die and we're going to fight to the death. And in the end, that's what happened. I literally fought this thing until one of us died of exhaustion. And it went down to the seafloor to die. And then what was even worse then, though, and now it's dead weight of a fish trying to bring up from mm-hmm. the bottom of the ocean floor. Whereas before, you know, you pull on the nose and it, you know, it, it, it swims up and kind of goes, you know, with the current. Well, now it's dead weight dead flat fish that i gotta now pull up from the bottom of the ocean floor and it was just like so we and and when it got to that point we actually ended up kind of like doing what they do with like the the big game tuna fishing and hand lining it up because it was so heavy and they couldn't you know i couldn't pull on the rod it would just take the line out yeah so we finally get it up and sure enough it's belly up you know and it's dead and i'm so happy but now we got to get it in the boat now i mean my my captain I mean he's this little Mexican guy he's smaller than me and I'm 5'3 and he's like half my size and we've got this like monstrous fish that we now have to like somehow gap and drag into the boat so that took us I think like another hour to even get it into the boat we're like one two three pull one two three pull then he's like I said pull I'm like I am pulling (laughs) it's so so heavy I can't get it in oh gosh but when that fish finally was in that boat I don't think I have ever screamed and jumped and, like, been so happy and relieved at the same time. I think I actually made a, a video of it. Like, as soon as it came in, I grabbed my phone and did a lot because everyone was now following me on following the whole story. Like, every, every half yeah. hour, did you get it in yet? What's going on now? What's going on now? And there was, like, you know, like, a, I don't even know how many people, like, following the story now because I made the post that I've been fighting this huge fish and they all want to see it. So I jumped on and I was screaming up and down and jumping. And, oh, man, we got back to the docks. And nobody believed it. And they were like, everyone, all the different, you know, the um, guide boats and everything were all coming to see this fish that this little girl brought into the boat. No one could believe that I did it. And my captain's like, she did it all on her own. Like, I had to be at the top yeah. driving. I couldn't be helping her on the back of the boat. And, oh, yeah, it was. 
I feel like I'm still even missing a few things from the story because I remember there was like 10 crazy things that went on in this five-hour battle, but you get the gist of it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like, I'm, I'm like super, like, I'm all pumped right now. Right? Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you want to go catch a fish right now. Oh, my gosh. That yeah. is absolutely. A- it was an epic battle for an epic fish. That's like, that's like that- Hemingway, old man in the sea kind of. Yeah. That is my favorite best harvest of my life right there that one because that was a one-on-one like battle for hours fighting back and forth like you know that's i i don't i can't even think of any hunt where i've had any kind of like battle like that you know you blow a stalk and then you gotta yeah. up and blow the stalk again but not like this was like one like one-on-one literally like on the end either end of the line fighting each other like oh just absolutely epic <laughs> Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com so what what was like the what was the total time like how long from like when you first hooked the fish really to uh, well from to when, when I first for, from when I first hooked it to um, when I got it up to the side of the boat was five and a half hours and then it was like yeah I don't know how long to get it in the boat after that Jeez. Um, so you're probably talking a, a good seven hours oh yeah oh yeah yeah for sure. Holy yeah, and God. then we had to drive all the way back, and I re- was I was looking at the GPS and realized this fish was so big and so powerful. It took us 16 miles offshore from where we first hooked it. 16 miles. That's how much of that thing ran, and I chased it, and it ran, and I chased it, and it ran, and I chased it. Like that's insane for a fish to drag a boat 16 yeah. miles. Like, <laughs> yeah, that was that was something else. Oh man. Yeah, I don't know if I showed you the picture of it last night. I know no one can see it on a podcast, but I'm going to pull it up now because now you need to see it. There we go. I definitely, I definitely need to see this. this should, uh, is it on Instagram as well? It is. Holy crap. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's my fish. Holy it's massive, crap. right? And people think, people look at the picture and they're like, it's, oh, you must be standing behind it or something. But if you actually look, yeah. my feet are in the same block as the nose of the fish. I'm not behind oh it at all. Gosh. I'm literally like... That is not massive. <laughs> Monstrous. I'm, I'm like shocked by this. Yeah, so imagine how big the crate is that I just had to get this shipped to me in. It almost lo- like it's so big it almost looks fake. It looks like a, right? a movie prop or I something. I know it's it doesn't insane. even look real. Like just the spread of like the back fin is just like five feet long. You, you have know? to like knock out a wall to hang that on it. <laughs> I actually did a outdoor mount because okay. I have a place on the ocean, and so I'm mounting it like literally and I uh, like jumping over. Like, you know, oh, it's like almost jumping cool. into the ocean um, on the beach. That's really cool. I was going to say, like, it, that ain't going to, that would never fit in my 450 square foot apartment. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> I know. I'm starting to really, like, have that trouble with my mounts and stuff. Like, there's no room for them anymore. So that big tune I was telling you about, like, it's just still in my garage in a box because, like, I don't have anywhere to put it. Like, I'm out of wall space because I'll have all my <laughs> animals from hunting, too, right? And then all these big fish, it's just like... Man, I should have done that tuna as an outdoor mount, too, because then they could have both been out there jumping into the water. Oh, right? that would have been cool. Yeah. Well, so if people wanted to uh, check out all the adventures, see the, see the pictures, Yeah, they can the find nonsense. me and follow me on Instagram. I'm Inked Huntress on Instagram. 
uh, or just look me up under my name, Jacine. It's J-A-C-I-N-E. I'm the only one in the world, I think. My parents made my name up, so I'm not hard to find. <laughs> so, you know, as I kind of mentioned earlier, this podcast is really uh, focused on new hunters. I like to mm-hmm. reach out to maybe folks like myself from the city who don't have a background in it. And, mm-hmm. and we talked a little bit about, you know, people that may be intimidated because of the hate. But um, what would you say to someone if they came to you and, and like, you know, Oh gosh, I just want to get out the outdoors. I want to start hunting, but there's just there's just so much to learn, or... so much to do. I just I I'm, it's too intimidating. I'm not sure I can do it. What would you say to that person? <laughs> I used to I used to you know be there you know not even that long ago. I think I had only gone into this like a few years ago, right? Um, so I just say like just just go because once you go out there one time doesn't none of that intimidation is going to even cross your mind anymore because you're going to be so hooked like you're just going to want to go all the time and want to learn and you know you're going to just get start watching youtube videos on how to skin this or how to you know how to stock properly and this and that whatever you know just do your research and you know get and just get outside just get outside and go because once you do it's all gravy from there you know that's the biggest thing for anyone intimidated or anyone not sure um because it is intimidating. There is a lot to learn. Uh, but once you get out there and you you just you get that connection with, you know, the, with the woods and the backcountry and you just want to be there all the time. So That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to hop on the show. Yeah. Uh, I know it's, it's been great. It's getting to be a long day. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a long night. too. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think it's about time to uh, go grab a beer, grab a burger, yeah. and you've got your ladies' luncheon, I know. No, or, no, or, no, ladies' or, luncheon. Sorry, yesterday. no, that was There's yesterday. There's a big banquet tonight, the, banquet. the auction, yeah. There's, I mean, geez, it's, it's near so impossible to, here, to keep, keep up. up. There's at least three events for yeah every time of day yeah well thanks again for hopping on thanks for having me on all right y'all that'll do it for episode 60 of living country in the city make sure y'all head on over to our show notes page at livingcountryinthecity.com slash 60 and check out links to all of the stuff we talked about in today's episode go give jason some love on social but in the meantime keep it country y'all Thank y'all for listening to Living Country in the City. Get show notes and check out the blog, product reviews, events, and more at livingcountryinthecity.com. Pursuing wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. You go out there and the fish are where you think they are. Any one of these casts could be the bite. It's the most exciting fishing that I know right here at Hawks Cave. Oh, that's awesome. Experience the best saltwater fishing the world has to offer. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment.